This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Good morning. Coming up on the program today, the folks from Mars Body Shop stop in to talk about winter driving maintenance and Matt Cook from the Sioux Falls area bicyclists talk about sharing the road. All that and more coming up on Sunday Focus. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue and you can use like anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Sunday Focus. I'm being joined by Matt Cook. He is on the board with the Falls Area Bicyclists, otherwise known as FAB. He is specifically the communications director with FAB. And hi, Matt. Hello. This is our first time meeting, actually, so it's nice to meet you. Yes, I'm really excited to be here and uh, share a little bit more about FAB. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a great opportunity for you to talk a little bit more about FAB and just some friendly remarks. Reminders for the community about bicyclists. So let's start off with this question. Tell me about the Falls Area Bicyclist Group. So the Falls Area Bicyclists, also known as FAB, is a organization of people who love to ride bike, who love to support bicycle-friendly policies mm-hmm. in government, and uh, who love to see people um, getting outside um, and being active in their community. It is run by a group of volunteers. Um, I am on the board as the communications director, and um, we truly just try and make the Sioux Falls area a better place to be outside and a better place to be on a bicycle because... Let me tell you, Sioux Falls is beautiful on yeah, a bike. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially with those trails and stuff like that. Yeah, and there's the trails are amazing. I am so grateful for our trail system, and it keeps growing. Um, the city of Sioux Falls will be expanding the trail out to Family Park on the north side of town. But there are also some really cool areas of town just to ride around. So how many bikers strong is FAB? FAB is currently at a membership of a 150. Oh, wow. Uh, But we are always looking to welcome new members. We have members who have been with us for many years, and we have people who are just like, I never knew you existed. This is amazing. So we're always uh, welcoming new people. So what do you think the purpose of this organization here is? To me, FAB is community. It is bringing together like-minded people and trying to make a change in our community. So many people here in Sioux Falls will look at the bike trail and say, well, that's great. But think about how did we get to having an amazing an amazing trail system here in Sioux Falls? Mm-hmm. It was through community members reaching out and saying, hey, we should do something. We should do something. So we um, try and be that sense of community and then that home that will reach out and say, hey, so things we're doing is we are, um, we added bicycle parking at the Levitt. Uh, so you can l- 
the Levitt shell is just off the trail. Mm-hmm. Just hop it off, off at the Raven building and you're right there. So we added parking. We're working on adding fix-it stations to various locations around town. Uh, talking to the city about um, continued improved infrastructure, whether it's trails, um, signage markings on streets and town, bicycle routes. So we're involved in a lot of that uh, effort as well. What about the educational side of things? Educational side. So a lot of our education, we, we've we been running a please don't squeeze campaign for the past couple of years. Uh, we also are running ads on two of the Sioux area metro buses uh, with our please don't squeeze campaign. We're also educating people with hands-on when they show up to our events. Mm-hmm. We work a lot with the other groups here in town, uh, Falls Area Single Track, uh, Fast, RASDAC, the ride across South Dakota. And the Please Don't Squeeze campaign, I'm assuming that's about sharing the road? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So South Dakota, in South Dakota, a bicycle is considered a vehicle. And there is a, what's called like a passing law where it is the law to give a bicyclist space. If you are going 35 miles an hour or under, you are required to give three feet of space. If you're going over that speed, you are required to give six feet of space. It is also on the bicyclist, when when they're riding out on the highway and stuff, to ride as close to the shoulder as is practicable Mm -hmm. so that we can share the road and play nice. In the city of Sioux Falls, you are allowed to take the lane. Um, So perhaps you've seen signs around town uh, that says it's a picture of a bike and it's bike may use full lane. A bicycle is allowed to do that. Please give them space. Please give them time. Uh If they're going up a hill, many of us don't have motors. (laughs) If you are just listening, Matt Cook with Fab is with me in the studio. He's also on the board with Fab as the communications director. So it's actually an interesting story about how we came together. I believe it was Jeff Mersh. Am I saying that name right? Mersh. Who reached out to me after an article titled, Is it legal to ride a bicycle on Sioux Falls sidewalks were released? There was also a previous article that I admitted that I wrote about um, just driving on the roads in South Dakota if if bikes are allowed to be physically on the roads in South Dakota. And that also created a conversation way before the sidewalk article. So I I guess what made Fab want to come on this program just to kind of get this message across? Well, part of it is we are constantly looking for ways to reach a new audience. The way social media works is you're often preaching to your own audience. You're creating your own echo chamber. Great, we can push this uh, messaging to our and our education to our members, and that's amazing. But many of them are also being like, yeah, we get it. How do we share the fact that we exist and we get our message out to more people and therefore grow the community that appreciates um, what we're doing? Because there are many communities in the upper Midwest, like Madison, Wisconsin, that have an amazing bicycle culture. We want to bring that awareness and that vibrancy Mm -hmm. to the Sioux Falls area. When I wrote my article about riding your bikes on the roads in South Dakota, it was actually an interesting day. So it was raining, believe it or not. Rain seems like something that hasn't happened in years here. (laughs) But it was raining, and there was a bicyclist in front of me on the road on, you know, 57th and Louise. 
And I'm thinking, gosh, like, I know that it's okay, but like, don't you want to be on the side of the road or on the sidewalk, especially when it's these hazardous conditions? And and I did say exactly what you were saying about the rules of the road and stuff like that. And just go through that one more time if you can. Yeah. So the rules of the road in the state of South Dakota, bicyclists are considered uh, riding a vehicle. Um, and so they are allowed to be on the streets. There is a passing law that requires that a driver going 35 miles an hour or slower give three feet of space if they're going fast. Faster than that, they need to give six feet of mm-hmm. space. Uh, on the highways, it is also a requirement of the bicyclist to ride as close to the shoulder as is practicable. Uh, sometimes South Dakota shoulders aren't that great. So you might see a bicyclist drift away from the shoulder just a little bit. So you can ride them on the highway too? Yes. Uh, I recently, There are rides here in the state. I recently completed one at the beginning of June that was called RASDAC, the ride across South Dakota, where we took local highways and we rode across the state. Uh, the route for uh, 2021 took us from uh, Pollock, way up on the North Dakota border, Mm -hmm. along the Missouri, and we ended in Vermilion. Okay. How was that ride? Um, It was the week uh, in June that was extremely hot, (laughs) with many days of headwinds out of the south at 20 miles an hour. So a friend of mine says it it felt like a hairdryer all week. it was perfect. It was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So what discussions were Fab having when both of these stories were released? Because obviously there's a reason why you guys reached out to me to even come on this program. Yeah, it's... um, We like to see, like... Well, who's who's asking the questions? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to find the people of, well, who's engaging? Who's asking? Who's, you know, like who even wants to know what's going on? And then we're there to be like, hey, we have an answer for you. Yeah. Many times drivers aren't aware or drivers just don't care. So would you say, Fab... Their biggest impact here in the Sioux Empire would be about providing that education to let people know this is what we can do. So this is what you should do in order to keep us bicyclists safe. Yes. In the past, Fab used to be just like kind of a a club um, where it was just focused on like the group riding and stuff. And that's still a very strong part of who we are. But we are also um, starting to engage more and more on the advocacy, on the messaging, on the engagement seeing how we can grow the community and make it safer for all, whether you know who Fab is or what Fab does or not. If you are just listening to us, Matt Cook, he is the communications director with Fab that's on the board and it's Falls Area Bicyclist. So there are some facts about biking in the city that we touched on and throughout the state that people may not know about, but there are also some myths that are out there that you just want to bust. So what are those myths? Myth number one, a bicycle is required to be on the sidewalk. A bicycle can be in the street. A bicycle can take the lane. A bicycle can ride in the middle. Bicycles are not allowed on the interstate in the state of South Dakota um, because I can't ride 40 miles an hour as the minimum speed. Yeah. Some of the reasons I've always wondered is um, if somebody comes to me and is yelling at me and I go, well, why are you yelling at me? Is it because I'm slow? Well, if a vehicle were to be driving that slow, you would go around them. Is it because I'm small? Well, you pass mopeds and motorcycles all the time. Or is it just the fact that I'm riding a bicycle and you view it as a toy? 
that's one of the things we engage a lot with is people, a lot of people view a bicycle as a toy, as a recreational vehicle, um, because that's what they grew up with. And that's how they still ride. But for several others, a bicycle is a primary mode of transport. I have a friend here um, who just he left town recently, and for the first two years I knew him, he didn't own a car. He did everything by bike. And so that's one of the myths as well is like you can ride a bike and it's a, it is a vehicle. It's a myth that you have to have expensive equipment. You do not. If it's got two wheels and rolls, it's called a bicycle. What are some basic tips for drivers to remember when they do see bicyclists on the road? Slow down. (laughs) Number one. That's it. Please slow down. Please slow down. Please don't squeeze. Many drivers are great. We have some wonderful drivers here in town. Sometimes where things get a little iffy is if there is a vehicle oncoming as well. And then they do the Midwestern, oh, I'm just going to squeeze by you here and uh, scooch around. (laughs) Don't do that. Wait behind. Let the oncoming vehicle pass. And then you can go around. Trust me, the bicyclist will thank you. You think about it. We've done conversations as well about school zones and slowing down. Slowing down for a school zone adds like maybe 10 seconds to your journey. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Are you so impatient that 10 seconds is not worth you regarding somebody else's health, life, and safety. But why do you think this organization here in Sioux Falls is so important? It's a sense of community. Mm -hmm. Um, Community is so empowering to individuals. Some people like to do things alone, um, but I've found that for myself, I'm less inclined to do something if it's just for me, if I'm, you know, alone. It works really well to bring people together. um, And our voices are stronger uh, when they're a chorus instead of a solo. The city of Sioux Falls has had uh, ordinances that have come up and about uh, transportation issues in Sioux Falls, such as uh, scooters downtown, um, e-bikes on the trails, And FAB has been a voice that has been very prominent in uh, sharing the opinions of our members um, and of our directors and of the message that we want to go in. For example, e-bikes. Two years ago, e-bikes were not allowed on the trail, but e-bikes are a growing percentage of the bicycle community. And I think they're amazing because if it gets you outside and it gets you moving. Who cares if you have a little extra push? Sometimes I would like one myself. So yeah, we worked with uh, the city of Sioux Falls as they crafted their ordinance that now says that class ones um, e-bikes are allowed on the trail system. Class one e-bikes will assist you up to 20 miles an hour and their pedal assist, meaning that you still have to pedal. They don't have a throttle. Currently, Class 2s and Class 3 e-bikes are not allowed on the trail. Matt, where can people go find out more information about the Falls Area Bicyclists? Uh, We are on Facebook at uh, Falls Area Bicyclists. Look for the fab in like a bicycle cog logo. And then you can find us on our website, fallsareabicyclists.org. We have a huge calendar of events. 
uh, group rides that we're doing and we also try and serve as a hub for many of the uh, group rides in uh, the area through the bike shops ton of opportunities to get involved all right matt cook thank you so much for joining us today thanks for having us all right we'll be back you may know about girl scouts from our awesome cookies but we do so much more you can go to camp you can even be a girl scout by helping your community you can go to events i can't wait for my next series i'm going to learn about photography you can travel i can't wait to go to hong kong and jamaica if you can't wait to do more and see more, check out Girl Scouts. Call 800-666-2141 or visit gsdakotahorizons.org. We used to think all lung cancer was the same. But now we know there are several different molecular types of lung cancer. By performing molecular testing on a lung cancer tumor, doctors can try to determine what's causing it to grow, which can help identify treatment options. Not all lung cancers are the same. Talk to your doctor to see if molecular testing is appropriate for you and visit LungCancerProfiles.com. That's LungCancerProfiles.com. A public service of six leading lung cancer advocacy groups and Pfizer Oncology. Welcome back to Sunday Focus. I am joined by Mark and Evan. They are with Mars Body Shop here in Sioux Falls. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good. Good. You know, thanks for joining us today. Now, every business has that busy season, so to speak. So would your busy season be winter, you'd say, or not necessarily? It can really depend on the year because some years you can get a really bad winter with a lot of snow and then we're almost not as busy which you think would be the opposite but you know it's hard to wreck your car if you can't get it out of your garage so how many accidents would you say come into marv's body shop a year well one thing we fix a lot of and especially this time of year but really all year but is is deer vehicle collisions we're constantly uh, repairing cars that collide with deer and it's it's a year-round thing but this time of year with the combines going and people out in the fields um, we definitely see an increase in that. We'll definitely get more into that for sure. Now, a lot of times people get distracted when they're driving. So do you see a lot of those repairs come in? You know, I don't think anybody's going to come in and say that they had an accident because they were <laughs> testing or looking right. at their phone. But there's a lot of times where, you, you know, it seems a little suspicious or you can kind of, it makes you wonder how the accident yep. happened, you know. Can you describe any safety tips for winter driving? Part of it could be your car condition, making sure your car is in the shape for it. Um, and then just slowing down, increasing your following distance to avoid those rear end collisions. Um, just paying attention to the other drivers around you too because there's a real mix of drivers you know you see and some have experience on the snow and some don't so just a lot of times the uh, road isn't uh, the only enemy out there right I, I would say a big thing for for winter I mean other than what Mark just mentioned is is kind of getting your your car and your mindset ready for for winter driving so obviously you know, understanding that you're going to have to kind of watch the forecast and maybe allow some extra time if you're used to getting up at 6:30 with your kids and getting them ready for school and it's going to snow, you might have to get everybody out of bed at 6:15 or 6:05 or whatever that might take. And then just having your car ready too. I mean, if you're going to be traveling, you know, stocking, you know, a shovel in your car, maybe some snow boots, uh, warm clothes, um, perhaps even food, things like that. So, and then tires. Tires are huge. It, it, people don't like to buy tires and nobody likes to look at their tires, but Tires make a huge difference uh, on stopping distances in, in wet conditions, but especially like ice and snow. So 
Absolutely. If you haven't looked at your tires, now is a great time to either look at it yourself or have an, have an expert look and say, hey, you know, it might be time to change these out before winter. And it'd be a good time to get that ice scraper out, too, and make sure you know where that's at. Because, you know, you see a lot of cars driving around, and you're wondering how they can <laughs> see where they're going at all. You know, yeah, they've got the little circle right in front of them that they're trying to peek through and can't see out the side or the back at all. So Absolutely. And, you know, that leads us into staying up to date on your car maintenance when you're talking about tires. That probably plays a huge factor come wintertime. Yeah, tires, you know, that's, that's one of the big things. Because if you don't have... If you just don't have the grip on your tires, then you know, you, then you're just got ice skates basically. So, so yeah, you definitely want good tires. Um, and then like some of the stuff we've already talked about, you know, cleaning those windows off and just and making sure you got windshield washer fluid. You know, if yeah, you're not in for point. a regular oil change or lube and filter, checking that yourself. You, when we get these conditions and ice and snow and slop, go past the truck and you got a, a windshield full of mud and water. Do you have windshield washer fluid to clean it off? Have you checked that? So that's something to maybe open your hood and take a look at, too. Now, I heard that it's important to wash your car um, after the roads have been salted to avoid rust. Is that necessarily true, or why isn't it true? I don't know, Mark. What's your what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, no, you know, there's so many car washes in town that you can get like a subscription to and you can just you can run it through once a day so i mean i'll i'll do that in the winter time quite often and even though it's the roads are sloppy i'll still run it through just to clean all the muck off and just try to keep that under control as much as possible because that you know stuff sits in there and it works into the nooks and crannies and it starts corroding so yeah i think if you can keep it off it's definitely going to slow it down i i don't think you're ever going to see a south dakota car that doesn't have rust on it you know eventually, eventually. but or dust it, we're, yeah we're <laughs> never going to be like you know the good old uh, clean arizona car situation but but yeah it's i think if you can keep it off it's definitely going to help yeah especially the undercarriage probably you know getting that salt and the, the stuff that we put on our streets now that like that liquid stuff they put down is extremely corrosive so yeah, if you can keep it off those surfaces, and some, you know, sometimes you drive an older vehicle, there's some bare surfaces, maybe some areas where the frame is exposed. Yeah, definitely can't hurt. So, okay, awesome. If you are just joining us, I am with Mark and Evan with Marv's Body Shop, talking about that winter cart maintenance and cart care. Now, accidents do happen. You know, cars break down, so it's always best to stay prepared. So, say you hit. A patch of ice without even realizing it what does happen if your car slips on ice and gets crushed well first thing I would say is uh, you know if you get an accident like that make sure that everybody's okay that's that's the main thing because we can fix cars or replace cars but that's the first um, first thing to worry about is making sure everybody's all right you know and then after that then it's probably more the normal accident procedures. You know, you probably want to call 911 to get that reported. Uh, maybe start uh, while you're waiting for the police to show up, take some pictures, kind of get ready for, you know, the insurance claim if you're going to have to go that route. Yeah, definitely um, take pictures. Like, people forget that all the time. You know, they're in an accident. If you can safely do it, obviously, if you're in the middle of a busy road, you want to pay attention to traffic first. But, yeah, just document what happened. You know, pull your phone out of your pocket, take a few pictures. Um, perhaps get the license plate of the car that you were in an accident with if there's another vehicle involved. A lot of times we hear stories of people in an accident. A couple minutes later, the other party speeds off. Nobody wrote down the license plate number. Nobody took a picture of it. So, yeah, if you can safely do it, definitely just 
snap some photos of what happened. That'll help later with when we're helping you with your insurance claim and, and working through that process. And uh, perhaps if there's any sort of liability from other mm -hmm. drivers or other cars that you've got that kind of documented. So that's super important. But people as well that. as witnesses, you know, if there's people around that yeah. witnessed it. If you just get a name, you know, people are in a hurry. Maybe they can't stick right. around and wait for the cop. But if you've mm -hmm. got a name of somebody, maybe their phone number that witnessed what happened, that's that can come into play as well. Right. And then if your car's not drivable, knowing what you want to do with it, you know, so that when the police are there and everything is done as far as uh, the investigation or whatever they need to do, uh, you know, they're going to want to know where to take your car because it can't stay on the street, obviously. So if you have that kind of pre-planned, that, that makes a difference, too. Sure. And a good rule of thumb with that, too, is, is people always ask us, can I drive my car? Is it safe to drive it? Should I be driving it? If, if you don't know or you're not sure, probably the best thing to do is to, to get a tow truck and, and have that vehicle towed because you don't know if you've lost coolant, um, if there's other issues with the suspension or safety. So I would say when in doubt, just have the vehicle towed to, to your repair facility and, and don't take the chance of either damaging it more or, or driving a car that's not safe that you can get involved in another accident. So We touched on this a little bit earlier, but going back to it, you know, wildlife it can happen anytime deer especially come out in the middle of nowhere especially during this time of the year now i was driving one day and i happened to drive by 57th street and i changed the radio dial for a second and then i see a deer coming out with the baby and i thought i was gonna have a bambi situation or something <laughs> so talk about the typical deer accidents that you see Obviously, there's a there's a ton of deer vehicle collisions uh, that happen around Sioux Falls mm -hmm. every year. I, I think a, a misnomer would probably be that people think that they're only going to hit a deer at night or perhaps in the country. There's mm -hmm. a there's a ton of urban deer in Sioux Falls, and they're like you said, they're yeah. Seventh Street. There's lots of areas where there's there's heavy deer populations. So just paying attention at all times, and whether it's a deer or anything else, I mean, it's just there's not a lot you can do to prevent that. Like you say, when they come out of nowhere, mm -hmm. they, yeah. they do kind of come out of nowhere and. You can be paying all the attention in the world, and you're still going to collide with the deer. But um, just watching your surroundings for pedestrians and you know anything that's going to get in the roadway that's not supposed to be there. Um, that's that's probably comes down mm -hmm. to the importance of not being distracted too, right? Absolutely. Because like you said, you look down for a second, yeah, and you look back up, and everything can change. And it might not have been a deer; it could have been a, a stroller. So, what do you do after you hit a deer? Change your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we had a customer load up a deer in their vehicle one time. Um, had, it was kind of a mess. There was blood and oh my gosh! No, I wouldn't recommend that. You, you should contact, contact the police. Obviously, uh, they need to come out and, and and get you a tag and document what happened. And then sometimes too, they have to take care of the animal, whatever that might entail. So uh, definitely contact the, the police right away. I, I would say. Yeah, yeah, and then it's kind of similar to the other stuff we've already talked about too, with the you know getting in an accident, just maybe jotting down some information and and then determining is the car drivable is it not do mm -hmm. i need to get a tow truck might want to get the name like of the deer if you can <laughs> find out if they have insurance, insurance right <laughs> is, is they, are they insured that's a body shop that's a body shop joke yeah. do the deer have insurance people look at you <laughs> okay so say someone who is listening to this program right now 14 years old, just learning how to drive. What would your advice be or a lesson to this individual who's about to learn how to drive, particularly in a winter situation? Man, you know, driving on winter roads and ice, icy roads, are they're difficult for the most experienced drivers. So a big thing we, we see with inexperienced drivers is, is when they start to lose control, they don't have that experience and feel for the road like many of us do that have been through dozens and dozens of winters here. 
um, overcorrecting a lot is what is what we see. You know, the, the, a kid will get in a situation where they they might the shoulder might grab their tire a little bit, and they're, they're getting sucked towards the ditch. And you know, uh, us with experience might just kind of nudge the car back on yeah. the road, and then you'll see that inexperienced driver crank the wheel all the way over, and then now we're in a really serious situation. So instead of just going in the ditch, now our car's going maybe backwards or through a median. Um, this is stuff that we all kind of need to do, you know, slow down and, and take yeah. the corner slower, uh, get more following distance, and just allow yourself a little bit more time. Me being, I don't know, I, I'd say I'm a experienced driver, but there's always that split moment where it's like, gosh, what could I have done or what was I not doing correctly? So that's awesome advice there. Mark and Evan with Marv's Body Shop. And guys, if anyone needs to get their car fixed or they get in an accident, how can they contact you guys? Uh, probably the, uh, the best way to get a hold of us would just be to uh, go to our website. And uh, if you go to Google, you can text us from there um, or obviously give us a call. Um, yeah, we got a number of ways you can get a hold of us. Our, you can email us, text us. We've got some uh, an app on our website where you can go out and fill out some information and request an appointment. So there's just a multitude of ways to get a hold of us. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, appreciate thanks. Yeah. All right. We'll be back. Are you ready to start investing but aren't sure how? Go for the gains you deserve safely with this free special report from Wall Street trader and financial expert Jared Dillian. Claim your free copy at jaredradio.com. That's jaredradio.com. I'm Christine Manica, and you've been listening to Sunday Focus. I'd like to thank my guests from Mars Body Shop and Matt Cook from the Sioux Falls Area Bicyclist for joining the program today. Join us again next week for another edition of Sunday Focus. Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio, Town Square Media, Sioux Falls.